Don't Meet Me in the Middle is doing its first raffle. Check out our Twitter or Instagram for more info and official rules. We'll be giving away free swag to two lucky winners. Our Twitter handle is Don't Meet Me One. Our Instagram is Don't Meet Me in the Middle. We'll provide links in the description and back to your regularly scheduled program. Thanks, guys. Did you hear the story about the tornado? Is this a pun or an actual thing? Just answer the question. Uh, no. There's a twist at the end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Ryan. And this is Don't Meet, Don't me, meet in me in the, the Middle. middle. <laughs> Where we watch the first episode of a drama. And the last episode of a drama. Then we rate the whole drama based on those two episodes. Anyways, this week, mm-hmm. we get to watch... Crash Landing on You, a Netflix original Korean drama. Actually, I don't know if it's a Netflix original. I don't think it's a Netflix original. It has the label. Netflix is giving you the assumption that it is. Oh, it was on TVN. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, nothing nothing really says that. Anyways, Crash Landing on You, also known as Love's Emergency Landing. (laughs) Yeah, it, it sucks. This is South Korea's third highest rated television drama, so... When it got ranked third, what did it replace? It replaced Reply 1988. No, I love the Reply series! Yeah, it replaced 1988. That drama's pretty old, though. Yeah, but still, pretty good. Crash Landing on You, it ran earlier this year. Episode 1, Netflix Summary. Knocked out by fierce winds while paragliding through the air... Yun Seri wakes up on the north side of the Korean DMZ, where Ri Jung Hyuk finds her. So, that's pretty much a good summary of what happens in this drama, I feel. I wasn't really getting much more than that. I think they lay some groundwork of kind of the characters from like before they meet each other and mm-hmm. what their lives are like, but the gist is basically the summary pretty much yeah yeah not a lot happens yeah (laughs) honestly i'm surprised that they made a drama out of this because it seems like not a whole lot should be happening here's the thing going into this drama because i don't really like watching what do you call it military dramas okay i think i'm just jaded by by that one drama what is it called Um, descendants from the sun descendants from the sun because i think that drama's trash it was really bad and I greatly disliked it. And I think that just put me off of military dramas. Okay. And then I also don't like historical dramas, which I feel like if it's anything to do with North Korea, it might be somewhat historical or they'll try to be somewhat historically accurate. I disagree with the comment that it's historical. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're trying to say is that because North Korea does not have all the technologies of a first world country, it might give you that impression. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. I think that's kind of the reason why we need dramas like this or media that does more North Korea content, Mm because that's not true for all of North Korea. I think if you are rich and if you're in the capital, you would have modern technologies. There's shown to be uh, refrigerators, electricity, that kind of thing. I'm not saying like Joseon era. I'm talking about like... I guess 80s in Korea. There is some bad hairstyles and bad fashion. 
I'm sure we'll get into it. <laughs> I don't think we see any in the first or last episode too much. Well, I have some criticism. Okay. But back to the, uh, this drama being historical? No? Maybe? I don't, honestly, I don't know. Okay. I just, I, I, I don't know. What I do like, mm-hmm. however, is the montage in the beginning. Oh, the, really? The intro song. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's so cool. I actually, I, I think I just really like it when things transition from like one scene to a drastically different scene. And that's what they kind of did in that introduction sequence. I did not like the introduction sequence. What? But it's because of the opening title song. What's the, I didn't even notice the opening title okay. song. I was just mesmerized by the people walking across the street. The, the, the opening title song is called Sigriswill. And that is the name of a city in Switzerland. And the song is sung in Romish and English. So the first thing you see is the images, right? But the song, Mm -hmm. I'm like, what language is this? Because I thought, it's not Korean. And they play the Romish part first, so it's not English. And then they switch to English. And then I'm confused because like, huh, I think I'm starting to understand this. It, I just mm. don't like the song that much, but I think the song is very, very important to the theme or the message of the drama. So I kind of like it now after I've had more context, but it's, it's the first thing that I hear and see with this drama. I did not like it. It was, it was very puzzling listening it to the first time with no context. I guess that's fair. I, at this point, I think we should say that I actually just finished watching the first episode of the drama two hours ago. <laughs> And Allison, you've been watching this drama since two we weeks said that we were going to watch this one. Two yeah. weeks ago, I feel like. I've been watching this. I'm on episode 11 now. Oh, so you're pretty far in. Yeah. I really like um, the North Korea portrayal. I think it's really, really fascinating because they did a lot of research. They interviewed a lot of North Korean defectors. So okay. the fact I that... Do... Then I'll have some questions for you. Okay. Because like when I was growing up in Korea, it's always this forbidden place. And then like coming here, people are like, oh, what's North Korea like? I'm like, how would I know? They wouldn't let me in. They won't let anyone in. It's North Those Korea. just the racists, Allison. So now I get to like, whoa, I get to see North Korea. Kind of. Through media. Kind of. So it's somewhat accurate from what the internet is saying. Literally the only people asking you those questions were racists. Besides the point, I just like that the TV drama gave a somewhat accurate portrayal of North Korea because it's secluded and it's cool to see that. Fair enough. All right. At this point, I'm going to just tell you about the two main actors because I wanted, I did some more research while I was looking at this title sequence because I thought it was so cool. Okay. So the main characters of this drama, the first one is the female lead, Yun Seri, played by Son Yejin. She's mostly a movie actress, so we don't really see her in dramas, but in this case, you know, she killed it in this role. Most recently, she's won awards for a political thriller called The Truth Beneath. And then the main male lead, Ri Jong Hyuk, is played by Hyun Bin, who was recently in Memories of Alhambra and Secret Garden. And when I was looking at their um, Wikipedia pages, I actually found out that both actors were in Secret Garden and in the crime thriller The Negotiation. Oh, okay. So so they know each other pretty well. Yeah, they've known each other for, for quite a long time. And both are quite accomplished actors. and Or, yeah, both accomplished actors. I've never seen either of them. Or if I have, I haven't paid attention to them. Same here. So they were they were completely new to me. But I was completely mesmerized by Yejin's performance, actually. By who? Oh, okay. Steady. 
Because honestly, I think both of them are not very attractive people, but they can act very well. So later on, Jonghyuk gets a haircut and he starts growing on me. After the haircut? After the haircut. <laughs> it's, because then it becomes more modern. And you hate bangs. So I think that's why you hate him. He's just one long bang extended haircut. That's fair. Yeah, I do have something against bangs for whatever reason. I, I have no comment on Steady. You don't think she's a good actress? I do think she's a good actress, but I found some of the... Okay, so this isn't uh, later on in the drama, but when she meets Jonghyuk for the first time and realizes she's in North Korea, she is way too calm. She's way too flirty and like way too like, oh, it's okay. She's like super chill about it. I'm like, why isn't she panicking, screaming, running, begging, bribing? Why isn't she just doing the most? And she's just chill. And I'm like, I get it's a drama and I get that they're supposed to be in love, but I'm like, what kind of reaction is that? That's a good point. So it's not but that I feel she's... like it's not I feel like her character would do that though. A chebol Maybe. Would probably uh, do that. Yeah, I, I, I guess like everything's fine. But it's like it's not that she's a bad actress. I just found some of the situations or how she responded to things a little unbelievable. I think we'll get more into this later because I feel like this entire drama is completely unbelievable and I think that takes me out of the fiction. That's a big comment on the inaccuracies of North Korea because some of the things just doesn't happen that nicely or wouldn't happen in that manner, if that we'll makes sense. It. Okay, we'll, cool. we'll get to it. All right. Through the montage, we realize Jonghyuk is some kind of military official in North Korea. Seri is some kind of chebol. That's the dichotomy of the two characters. We start the drama with a bird's eye view of, I guess, the 38th parallel, which transitions over to a major South Korean city. I'm guessing it's Seoul, but I can't really... Uh, does it matter it. what city it's in? No, it, it doesn't matter. I'm just, that's my guess. Two characters enter a bar. They seem to be celebrities. They get their photos taken. And then the immediate next scene is with a woman who said he doesn't seem to be concerned about the situation while this group of men are highly concerned can a girl live her life apparently not i think so, it's just you know she's the potential scandal that would have on like stock prices that kind of thing or seti is kind of revealed to be a bit of a player so maybe there's some slut shaming in that i don't know but that's why a girl can't live her life <laughs> so we meet chief hong who, MVP, love Chief Hong, he's trying to absolve the situation and say like, oh, it's a prank, you know, let's let's pretend that you guys are friends and that this is a prank on the public. And her face that when he's explaining the situation is hilarious to me because he's she's kind of like, no one's going to believe that because it's bullshit. And it kind of, you know, it is, it is a it bullshit is. response. And then one of the men, I forgot his name, but he's writing on a notepad. And he's doodling. He's not writing. <laughs> he's, he's doodling. And in the letters, like, they're definitely dating. And then the next time we pan over to his notepad, it says, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, if I had that job, taking notes for a meeting like this, I, yeah, that would be my exact doodles, I think. But it's clear that she's more concerned about the appearance rather than the situation. Or at least that's what it seems like when we first meet her. We later learn that it's to increase profits on specific items that she's wearing because she's going to put in stocks for that, I think. So I think she bought jewelry or maybe certain fashion labels. Mm -hmm. She's wearing them in the picture. She's all like, yo, guys, this could be free promotion 
if they see me wearing it or a blurred out woman wearing it, they're like, ooh, those look nice. Where can I get it? And then like, oh, here's the store. Here's all the items. I can buy it. So to increase sales, increase revenue. Right. Maybe it's like this guy really likes this type of woman who wears this type of clothing. Yeah. Jewelry. She wore this. That's how she got the man. So if I wore this, what kind of man can I pull? (sighs) Yeah. It's just disappointing to me. (laughs) That is the fashion and beauty industry. Yep. You don't even partake in it. Okay. Excuse you. I am very fashionable. You buy clothes from like secondhand stores and like whatever you find from your basement or whatever, the attic. I don't even know what you have. And tell me I don't rock it. I have horrible pictures of you from high school that and would prove tell otherwise. Me I don't rock it. That would prove otherwise. <laughs> the next scene we get is Seti walking through a mall with bodyguards. Chief Hong's excuse for like having the bodyguards is that they're crazy fans. She's a CEO owner. Her. So I think it's yeah. the fans of the guy she's dating. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. The crazy okay. fans of the the idol that he's that she's dating. I think it's an idol. It's I think, not important. I, I think it's an idol too. Her brother calls her. I think it's the older brother. The older brother calls her to chastise her and pretty much criticize her life choices. And I mean, if you're going to criticize, yeah, if you're going to slut shame or criticize someone's life choices, at least have the common decency to know the facts as like as to like what's going on in her life. Because mm-hmm. he, he gets all the facts wrong. Yeah. And his wife has to correct him. And I'm like, that's just embarrassing, dude. Also, one scene later, it's revealed that he has anger issues and he assaulted an employee. So like, yeah, like what the fuck? Don't, don't talk any... shit if you have shit on you. Exactly. Worse shit. Actually, yeah, because hers is what her dating life. That's like she's fine. She can live her life, but you committed a crime. You need to settle this in court. And this is an actual scandal. What are you doing? It's more of an embarrassment than what she's doing. Yeah, and also their dad was in jail. Yeah, which shook me to my core because I was like, oh, she seems like really well off, but then the dad is in jail, but they're still well off for some reason. It. I don't know the exact dynamic to the family. I so. can elaborate, but part no, of let it... Me, let, me, let me wildly speculate at the end of the drama. That's why I said, like, but part of it is spoilers, so I'll wait until after you do that. Got it. Thank you. So, yeah, we get news that the father is getting out of prison, and he requested her to come see him for some, un- some, some random thing. Who knows? And then the older brother's wife is like, oh... You don't think he's going to announce his heir to the family fortune? Whoa. Anyways, there's a party at the father's house. There are two families, the older brother's family and the younger brother's family. The older brother's family brought the dad a tofu cake, which, what the hell is a tofu cake? I don't... It's just tofu with candles in it? I don't think it's a cake. I think it's just a slab of tofu. And then I don't know if you know the origin of giving tofu... To jailbirds, longevity, or so I think it relates back to older times for Korea when food was slimmer, because I think jail cells weren't getting enough nutrition. Mm. So I know that if you've been to jail and then you got out of jail, it's Korean custom to give you tofu. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, but the older brother's wife was specifically called it a tofu cake. I don't know. And there were candles in it. The, I, there were candles. There, I just thought that was there rude is dessert and an tofu. To 
if you want, but I don't know how it would be construed as cake. There's no way. That's 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 an offense to cake. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna stand up for all my cake stands and say that that's just an abomination. And how dare you? Dessert tofu is the bomb. So if it tastes anything like that, okay, I awesome. stand. I to... stand the abomination. You're just gonna have to make me tofu dessert. It's called dohua. So it's Chinese, and I can do that. I think I have to look up the ingredients. <laughs> all right, I digress. <laughs> I look forward to that cake. It's not a cake, it's a dessert. Shut up. The wives, (laughs) I'm sorry. The wives are starting to get catty with each other and they try to make the other brother look bad. It's obvious that they both want the fortune and the brothers end up criticizing each other. It's a a big mess. But the father really only cares why Seti isn't there. Mm -hmm. And like magic, she comes in at the mention of her name. She's the main character. It's main character power. Yeah, it's magic. It's a magical power that all main characters have. So the father wants her to move back into the house. At first, she refuses, but then he offers her his company. And I think that he offers it to her because she's the most successful out of the three. She owns her own fashion company and seems more stable than the other two (laughs) siblings. Everyone in the family is pretty much glaring at her, telling her not to do it, which, first of all, she seems like a petty, petty person. Seti? Yeah. I feel like if someone was like scowling at her and telling her not to do it, she'd be like jumping at the chance to do it, you know? So I feel like they should have known her better than to glare at her and try to get her to back down because that really just encouraged her to jump in. So I think you're right. Seti comes off as petty, but I also think because she feels so alienated or seems so excluded from the family that being offered the CEO position, which I think would maybe go to, first of all, she's like the youngest, so it'd either go to like the oldest sibling or maybe the first oldest son. So the mm-hmm. fact that tradition is being thrown out of the wind because Seti's probably more qualified and because of her alienation with the family, I feel like this would be like a token of acceptance that she accepted not for like non-petty reasons, but like pettiness is like a bonus. It sprinkles. Really? Because I think that's the, it's the main reason. But I, and I guess you've watched more of it, so you know more of her character. Yeah, it could be that. But I've also, that was my main impression when I watched it the first time, because even the mom doesn't, doesn't support this. Like the mom is shaking her head. No, like I understand the brothers, because the brothers are like, oh, it should be me. No, it should be me. But why is the mom having a problem with this she should be like proud that her that any of her kid but like her daughter's super accomplished and it's like we see later in the episode she has an inkling of a reason and i I think that the dynamic between the mom and seti is going to be expounded more in later episodes and you can tell me in the latest late in the next episode of this podcast but that's what it seems like to me i don't think the mom has a legitimate reason so we'll see (laughs) Fair enough. So Seti tells her father that she's going to think about the answer, accepting the company or not. She'll give him her answer later because tomorrow she's testing out a new product Mm -hmm. on her fashion line. Mm -hmm. Her extreme sportswear product line. Her extreme sportswear fashion line. And in order to test out her new product, she decides that she's going to go paragliding. Mm Mm-hmm. This part really confused me because I understand testing her product. I assumed that someone else was going to be testing her product. I can see why she's doing it because she's putting her name on it. 
But even like leading up to the paragliding, I was just like, why, why would you do it? Okay, Mr. Hong, Chief Hong, yeah, this boy, mm-hmm. love Mr. Hong. <laughs> also, is it just like a Korean drama trope that Mr. Hongs are just like the sweet old Ajishis? I don't know about Miss, like the name Hong. I just mm-hmm. think because he's in a servient position that that's why they tend to be sweethearts, I guess. Because you take care of the main character. So you would want nurturing qualities. Fair enough. Well, or, I, I just mean that Mr. Hong in Coffee Prince was the same kind of character. Yeah, I know what you're referring to. Okay. Um, I think it's just because they serve a servient role. That's fair. I think the paragliding, like why, it doesn't make sense for her to test out her own line because if she trusts her employees, if she trusts her test taker employees, she should be fine with the results that they get. But part of it is to give a somewhat plausible, I guess, reason for how she ended up in North Korea. And then the paragliding, I don't know if you caught this, but they asked like, hey, are, are you sure you want to go paragliding? She's like, yeah, I got my license in Switzerland. And so that ties back to the uh, opening title song. Didn't catch that part. What I did catch was them telling her that the winds were not good for paragliding that day. So, yeah. And then she gave this BS statement about going with the wind and going where the wind tells, tells you to go. I thought she was smart until she said those words. Because I'm like... Yeah, me too. I was like, what the fuck kind of answer is that? Yeah, I'm like, you're not God. You know, if the weather is shitty, you're affected. You can't just be like, I'm just going to go with the flow with bad weather, like thunder, lightning, you know, like... Yeah, that's a great time to go paragliding. They told her that it was going to be a bad time to go, but she still went. This is the moment where I was like, oh my God, she's an idiot. Mm -hmm. This is how she ends up in Korea. Also, well, well, we'll get to it. Okay. While she's flying through the air, she's giving her, she's giving herself encouraging words. Basically saying, you've done a good job. You've worked this hard. You're going to get payoff. It's going to be all worth it in the end. Uh Uh-huh. Which I wrote in my notes, famous last words. That's kind of why I said she didn't accept it out of pettiness. Because she worked hard for this. I don't think she was working hard for her father's company. I think she was just working hard to prove them wrong. Which also works into her pettiness. I agree she worked hard to prove people wrong. And that is a petty motivation. But I'm saying like she worked hard in her own company. Now she's getting recognition. So she's also maybe doing it for her. Because she... Wants to I mean, eventually, it's going to be good for her. Yeah. I am I think that's just a byproduct of her pettiness. Fair enough. Okay. So when the tornado scene hit, did it look familiar to you? Should it have looked familiar to me? I thought it looked familiar. Like, it was clearly a Wizard of Oz reference to me. I guess so. Yeah, with the animals flying around. The animals, the they had, like, the bike come at you. I think it was, like, the similar items that was coming from Dorothy's tornado. Here's the thing. I don't know if it's so much homage as it is. This is what they think tornadoes look like. How do we convey to the audience what a tornado is going to be like without specifically saying it's a tornado or something? You know? That's stupid. I don't think that's right. (laughs) Well, at this point, I've lost all hope. Okay, because like, (laughs) 
If that's your reasoning, then why do they choose those things to come flying at? Why not trees? Why not uh, power lines? Why do they choose a tractor? Why do they choose animals? Why do they choose a bike? Things that were showed up in The Wizard of Oz. And there's, I, I also thought the name uh, Sadie's Company was also a movie reference to Sophie's Choice, Sadie's Choice. That one might be more coincidental because they use Sadie's Choice a lot. So for me, it feels like a big too repetitive for it to be an homage throughout the series i feel like there is homages to other movies that's fair i guess what i mean by the tornado is just that that's in your mind when you think tornado that's those are the items that you think mostly because tornadoes are done in like plains where there's not so many mountains and in those plains are typically like farmland and that's why you don't see a lot of trees and tornadoes Okay, I better understand your viewpoint. I don't know if either of us are right, but cool. Cool discussion. <laughs> so, I actually went on a deep dive. Ooh, about what? Tornadoes. Oh, okay. I was curious, because I was like, how often are there tornadoes in Korea? It can't be that often, because Korea is like a mountainous area. You know, like I said before, tornadoes usually occur on flat lands. Yes. Right? So I looked it up. I looked up tornadoes in Korea. Mm-hmm. And theoretically, yes, we could have tornadoes in Korea. Mm-hmm. 70% of the land in Korea is mountains or hills. So obviously not there. However, there are instances where tornadoes have occurred. I believe that the last known tornado landing was in 2014 in Ilsan. Okay. So in, in a flat plain area. What Korea normally has is water spouts, which are tornadoes over water. I thought if a tornado was over water, it was a hurricane. So it's a small tornado over water. A hurricane's massive. So if it's itty bitty, it's a water spout? Yes, because it looks like just a, it's like a very thin tornado that's just moving water up the the, the tornado. Can water spouts cause any damage to property or people? They typically do not. Okay, so that's why I like, because like, that's a really cute name for something potentially dangerous. Yeah, when my family used to go to the Outer Banks on beach vacations, we would see a lot of water spouts when it rained. Okay. Because those were just a natural occurrence, but they never did any real damage. Okay. So I I thought it was interesting that they, <laughs> that they went along with tornado, because it typically doesn't happen in Korea. Well, if you think about, I am a TV writer, how do I get innocent soul girl into North Korea... Without any, no, I get like... why they did it. Okay. But also, they did it in a mountainous region where you could see hills. And I was just like, "That's that wouldn't happen. Yeah, weathermen are really, really mad watching this drama. They're like, the inaccuracy. Honestly, I was mad because I was like, <laughs> that can't happen. That doesn't that isn't a real thing that happens in Korea. And I had to look it up. That's why I didn't see Because I was PO'd. <laughs> Anyways. What a weird thing to be PO'd off. Okay, because it just, ugh, I don't know, it just really made me confused because I was like, what the hell? Why is there a tornado? If you're like me, the average viewer, I was all like, oh, a tornado. Cool. And see, that's why I also think because it was a hilly area. Mm-hmm. Why would there be tractors? Why would there be farm animals? There shouldn't be any near those hilly areas mm-hmm. or as many. I don't know. It just. I thought it was a Dorothy reference because A, that movie is super super famous and iconic Mm -hmm. also i think i really liked the tornado because i was kind of worried that her douchey family was gonna like do something malicious to get her there so i was so relieved 
that that didn't happen. It was happen. a natural occurrence. <laughs> it was natural occurrence. No one to blame except Seti. Seti is to blame for her own fault. She but, really like, is. Because, like, I was fine with the family dinner scene. I love politics. I love complicated family relationships. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want that bad meeting her. be the motivation. Like, oh, my God, I'm not, like, next in line for the air. I'm going to resort to murder or, like, shipping my sister to North Korea. I'm so glad that that wasn't a cliched move. Got I was it. like, okay. oh, this dumb bitch got caught in a tornado. That's so much better. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm just mad for the wrong reasons. You're okay. mad for the wrong reasons. I'm telling you that. Fine. But I I just like accuracy, okay? We're watching a drama about a North Korean falling in love with a South Korean. Yeah, I also just did not want to watch the drama because of that aspect. Anyways. No, I'm saying, like, how would that happen here and now? I know. That's why I didn't want to oh. watch it. Okay, cool. I was actively avoiding this drama when it was coming out because I knew I wasn't going to fully enjoy it for the wrong reasons. I avoided it because in the trailers, her hairstyle looked ugly. (sighs) I said this before, but I think both of them are very unattractive. Yeah, no, but like she has this like super curly, like I forget what decade that is, but it's very like war veteran timey vibe. Maybe I need to rewatch the trailer. And I'm all like, that's like an ugly hairdo for me to watch for 16 episodes. So it's like, not about Fair this. Enough. Anyways, we cut to the Korean DMZ, which is the demilitarized zone. That's what DMZ stands for. If you are uneducated or unaware. So we see a group of Korean soldiers going towards a disturbance. This group is led by Jung Hyuk. And we discover that the disturbance are three men that were quote unquote hunting deer and got separated because of the tornado. The South Koreans are angry because they crossed the line, and it looks like they were also digging to find some artifacts. Grave robbing. Grave robbing, yep. So Jonghyuk pretty much guarantees that they're going to be arrested and given severe punishment. So they reach an agreement and put down their guns, but one of the North Korean citizens reaches for one of the guns on the ground, but Jonghyuk quickly subdues them in a pretty good action scene. I noted this specifically because I thought that it was really cool. <laughs> At one point, he like pretty much grabs someone's chest and bot- and like slams their body on the ground. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> if only. The action scenes in this drama are pretty good. I liked it. This one in the beginning, I think, was the coolest. Oh, okay. Then I watched the best one. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Yeah, but if you say it's the coolest, then it's well, the Well, like, part. because of, like, how tense the situation is, like, they could be starting another war. And then it True. gets resolved so nicely, like, everyone just walks away. I'm like, what? Yeah, I like it. I like they all point their guns at each other again, but then they're all called back to base, so they just go back. When Jung Hyuk comes back to base, he's met by a superior officer. This is the last day of their rotation, so they get, they'll get replaced by a new squad the next day and the superior officer pretty much tries to convince Jung Hyuk like hey you should give them a leaner punishment because they're pretty much they weren't doing anything wrong which is not correct they were doing something wrong <laughs> Jung Hyuk seems to be resistant and the superior officer pretty much threatens him saying okay but if anything goes bad during your last day I'm holding you accountable which in my head I thought that that was a redundant statement because yeah, he should be held accountable for the things that happens on his watch. That just seems kind of a given. I think it was trying to imply that maybe you would get slack since it's your last day. Because I think monitoring the border, the patrols, like one of the worst duties you could get. 
because he's getting replaced. That means he gets to go home, I think. So it's all like, if this happens, I'm go probably going to ex extend your patrol, extend your term instead of being able to go home. Whereas maybe other officers would give him leniency because like, oh, you're one day, you're 24 hours away. Like, I'll give you like a slap on the wrist instead. I guess so. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. That's not really what I got from that conversation. I didn't get that either. I'm just giving you like a plausible reason for that wording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we get back to the squad, Sans, Jonghyuk. And they're gossiping about the situation and it turns into a conversation like, oh, he shouldn't have said that. We should He should have just left it alone because he's a superior officer. And eventually one of them brings out a bottle of snake wine. Mm-hmm. Which, I've heard about snake wine before. Yeah. And I've seen pictures of it. It still doesn't make it any less gross. I think that's the symbolism of it. What I does don't, it symbolize? I think snakes are supposed to symbolize something from like ancient Korean or Chinese beliefs. So the fact that you soak it in alcohol, the alcohol is supposed to take up some of those properties. Yeah, but what does it mean in this context? Okay, let me look it up. Jesus. I'm just saying you brought it up. Because <laughs> you're all like, it's gross. But I'm all like, there's cultural context. I know there's cultural context. I just still think it's gross. It is considered traditional Chinese medicine. They use poisonous snakes or it's preferred that they're venomous because the essence or the snake venom dissolves in liquor. And the snake venom proteins are unfolded by the ethanol and therefore, the completed beverage is usually, but not always, safe to drink. Oh, claims of medicinal value. Here we go. Snakes are widely believed to possess medicinal qualities, blah, blah, blah. Cure everything from farsightedness to hair loss, as well as increased sexual performance. In Vietnam, it's believed to improve health and virility. You can make a similar drink with geckos and seahorses, I think, for the same purpose. Allison, none of this explains the symbolism in the show. Oh, I know what snake wine is. Oh, I think it's because one of the actors refers it to medicine. So that's the purpose. It's medicine. This is so disappointing. <sighs> we'll cut to the next scene where Seti wakes up from a hanging tree. It's at this point, we get a jump cut to Chief Hong. He's kind of gotten rabid because said he's gone missing and basically like going around asking have you seen her have you seen her which is also shocking that she's the only one who ended up in north korea if they were that close to the border it's a drama i i don't know what else to tell you she's far up off the ground well not not too far actually but she yells for help because she's afraid of falling jonghyuk hears her goes to search for her finds her and asks her for a password which is okay I assume that's some kind of security protocol. I think so too. He then threatens to shoot her. Well, she, she didn't quickly... say the password. She did not say the password, but he threatens to shoot her and she quickly unbuckles herself and lands in the arms of this stranger. And side note, he must be hecka strong to catch her when she's that far up and not fall on the ground. Because he was like tilted. Yeah. I was shook. I think he then was back prepared. Muscles. He was prepared and expected this as the actor, not as a character. Well, yeah. Then back muscles be doing work. Anyways. Shout out to those back muscles everywhere supporting all of us. Snaps. 
she thinks that they are in South Korea. She notices his uniform and knows that he's North Korean. She thinks that he's a defector, and she's pretty much making a fool out of herself until he tells her the situation. And this is the part where I thought, oh my god, she's a really good actress, because the slow horror growing on her face, I was pretty impressed. I was like, wow, I'm, I believe. I believe she's horrified by the situation she has put herself in. Because remember, she was the one who decided to paraglide. In bad weather. In bad weather. So she seems to have like no grasp on the situation. And she's like trying to trying to leave, like get back to Korea or sorry, South Korea. They're in Korea. <laughs> and, you know, he's trying to be all reasonable and be like, hey, we need to go follow protocol because this is not OK. Even if it was a mistake, you got to calm down and we got to follow the law. The thing is, though, North Korean law is not known for being nice to human, human lives. You know, right, th- it does not his, have that that's reputation. His, that's his vindiction. That's his, like, ethos. I do think it's his ethos and it was shown earlier with his confrontation with his superior. Yeah, exactly. He's a man with conviction and he will... He's a rule follower. Do, exactly. He will do all in his power to follow the rules, which I think is, it's okay... But I think it gets disproven very, very quickly. You don't know this, but I think it gets disproven very, very quickly. (laughs) So I'm like, what a stupid ethos to have. I mean, he's brainwashed. By pussy or by North Korea? North Korea. (laughs) He was brainwashed by pussy that he wouldn't be thinking about giving her up. That's not what I was referring to. Is that what you said? So the incident where I'm saying like he got like brainwashed by pussy is later on because I think that later on it shows that he's not the rule follower they make him out to be. Okay, I guess we'll talk about it when it comes. Okay. But they're at an impasse. Pretty much he wants to leave. She eventually like keeps talking and talking really fast and then she runs away. And she walks into a fucking landmine. Well, a minefield, I should say. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you don't know the area, you're gonna step on a mine, I know the area really well, and he steps on a mine. Yes. Which pretty much just made an ass of himself. Yes. He doesn't want to move, because the mine was about to be set off. She somehow gets the walkie-talkie, because he drops it. Yes. And, you know, shenanigans happen. She starts running away as soon as he starts yelling for help. They're both pretty harsh to each other. Are they? I thought the scene was kind of cute. I didn't think they were harsh. I did think that this is like one of those things that wouldn't happen in real life. He knew it was a mine. He knew it was a minefield and he stepped into the mine with such reckless abandon like, ha ha ha, I know better. And then like, whoopsies, I made a rookie mistake or a mistake that not even a rookie would make. Right. And then she still runs into the minefield. Bruh. The amount of time she runs into a minefield in this drama already. You mean in is one episode? Too much. It's too much, Allison. It happened once in Descendants of the Sun, and I was not amused. <laughs> I was not amused at this point either. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm like, how? How is this better? Like, okay, so she chose death or like talking to North Korean government? And she chose death. Pretty much, yeah. But as she's running away, she calls out to him and says that he is totally her type. Gross. And that if they ever reunify, 
you know, they should get together. I think that was a cute line, but who says that? Who says that in the face of actual danger? I know you're an enemy to my country, but if you ever stopped being an enemy, look Let's get me coffee. up. Slide into my DMs, you know? I'm like... Let's get a drink sometime. Yeah. Let's go for Chimek, you know? I don't... It's at this point that I really don't like her character. I do like the actress. I think she's very good. I just don't like the character. Oh, maybe that's what I don't like. I also don't like her character that much. I think she's a great actress. <laughs> I don't like the character. Anyways, he eventually gets one of his comrades to find him, and his comrade calls up his other comrades, who are all drunk off snake wine. Snake medicine. Snake medicine. No difference. He gets the one who isn't drunk to defuse the bomb, which I think this was this exchange was meant to be humorous, but I just feel really bad for the subordinate because it seems like it's obvious that Jung Hyo doesn't really trust him fully. And also, I think the subordinate is really cute. Like he the guy is who's cute. defusing the bomb. He is cute. He was really adorable. I was like, oh my god. I Such didn't child think the scene was humorous either. I didn't think it was humorous, but I think it was meant to be seen as humorous. I think so. Because with like the musical cues and the banter between the two, mm-hmm. it just seemed like that to me. Okay. Anyways, Jung Hyuk does give Seti information about a fork in the road and he says to take the right path mm-hmm. and when she gets to that fork she's like i don't know which path to take because do i trust him do i not trust him am i ready to put my trust into this korean soldier or should i just follow my gut i forget which way she goes but it's, it's not, not really revealed important. until later okay then but i think later is at the end of this episode beginning of the next do you want me to tell you no i don't really I- i'm gonna make a wild guess and say she goes right Okay. But that can be right or wrong. It doesn't matter. Jung-hyuk's comrades hear the command, but they mishear it and think they have to shoot her on sight. And the guy chasing her, I don't really know his name, but he's definitely an idiot. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't shoot her because she's moving. Well, no, no shit. She's moving. Someone's pointing a gun at her. <laughs> what did you expect her to do? Stand still and get shot. That's exactly what he expected her to do. <laughs> I guess so. And he gets like exhausted. And then she, while she's running, she's like, oh, why are they chasing me? I thought I was free. That's so dumb. What kind of conversation was she having? Because it was not the same conversation that we heard. She's all like, oh, I'm, I'm a cute girl. Like, I talked my way out of it. Why are they shooting at me? Like, I didn't, like, I didn't do any crimes. But in what instance... In that conversation, did you think, oh, he'll he'll let me go? There was no part of that conversation where he was like, oh, you know what? It's fine. Yeah, you're it hot. Happens. I'm hot. It's okay. I, like, I feel you. You can go. Walk away. Again, they're not actually hot. Right. That's the other thing. But that's, <laughs> that is the thinking that maybe the TV writers had. I guess. But as she's running, where does she go but another fucking minefield? The first part of the minefield was described as like having a map so they knew where the mines were. Mm-hmm. But as she's running further, she gets to the second part of the minefield, which is uncharted mine territory. Yeah. How the fuck does she not hit any of the mines? Oh, thank God you had that same thought. I, yeah, she goes through two different minefields and doesn't blow any of them up. 
Jung-hyuk doesn't even enter a minefield and he still steps on one. Exactly. Like, what happened there? They just had a straight path where they were like, do we need to put mines here? They are like, this is like a one in a million chance that anyone would take this path. So because of those odds, we're good. We're free. Like, what, what kind of South Korean <sighs> would do that? Or I guess North Korean defector would do that. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's literally written in the stars for her to get away like that. It's stupid and I hated it. But she crosses a fence that leads to her freedom. No, it doesn't. It leads to North Korea. It does. Which was disappointing to me, I guess. I don't, I don't, I had no real feelings towards it because I was like, it's obvious that she's going to stay in North Korea for at least five episodes. That was my thinking anyways. I didn't know how long she'd be in North Korea, but I knew she had to be in North Korea because if she got to South Korea right away, there'd be no drama. Exactly. Yeah. So that, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't either, but she apparently was. I guess so. They attempt to contact the tower guard, but he's busy watching a South Korean drama and crying, which is the most relatable character in this drama so far. (laughs) Eh. Well, to me anyways. Fair enough. And then he, she runs past another soldier who is reading a letter from his mother and crying. Mm -hmm. So this bothered me. Why? They had two non-essential North Korean characters together and they were seen as like overly emotional crying and i'm just wondering like what kind of narrative are they trying to push i have some theories i think part of it is that the writers or producers who are making this show i think it was assumed that north korea or north koreans would maybe watch this because that is a thing and Mm -hmm. see that the north korean characters not all, some of them would be warm, good guys, or South Koreans won't demonize them. That South Koreans see them in a good light and would like maybe want them back, like part of like unification process. Huh. I had a very different thinking. Wow. Okay. This. What'd you have? I went in a very negative direction. Really? Yes. Let's hear it. Because I think that. When we were when we were watching this, it's obvious that these two men are overly sensitive. <laughs> I mean, they are. It's not a bad thing. I, I know. By any means, but I think that what they're trying to push is that it is a bad thing. Like these, obviously, this is South Korean drama. North Koreans aren't going to be put in the best light since they're typically antagonists in most stories, mm-hmm. including South Korean stories. So the fact that they are attributing more feminine, quote-unquote feminine, qualities to these men makes me think that they think that having those qualities makes them lesser men. Okay, so I'm going to maybe say some points I think further prove my point of view, or at least like discredits yours. Okay. Uh, So I think the guy watching the K-drama is supposed to signify that he's in favor of Korean pop culture, so that's a good thing. North Koreans mm-hmm. liking pop culture is good. And I think he was watching a very, very sad drama. So it's like understandable to cry at that. Mm-hmm. And the guy crying from a letter from his mom, North Korean military service, I think is a decade long. And I think you can start serving like around high your teenage years. And yeah. I think that particular character is 17. And I think his family's poor. So I think he's just worried for his family and knows he won't see them for a decade. And so I think that's just to show what it's like to be a soldier in North Korea, but like humanize it. 
Okay, that's fair. Again, I don't, I don't know. That's just what I got from it. There's a character later on that gets revealed in the final episode for you. And Uh I think based on maybe his actions or his role with North Korea, he could have been written very, very differently. He could have been written with an antagonist point of view or mindset. But Mm -hmm. they, I think, humanized him and redeemed him and gave him a very good story or or B-plot. So I don't think it's their intention to demonize North Korea. They just demonized certain factors of North Korea. So not everyone from North Korea should be assumed that they're going to be antagonists in this drama. Because I think they showed Seti's family, some some members being awful. So it's all like the antagonists could be from any country. Fair enough. I just thought it was annoying that these North Koreans who are, I guess, because this is a very myopic view, I've obviously not watched the rest of the drama mm-hmm. and I'm not going to watch the rest of the drama. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that they're portraying these two back-to-back characters as emotional rubbed me the wrong way because North Koreans are seen as the enemies and because they're emotional, that's kind of a negative quality that they have or that they're attributed to and now that's attributed to North Korea. Do you understand where my coming from? Yeah, it's like toxic masculinity. Men aren't allowed to be sensitive or tearful or any of these qualities and they're giving that viewpoint to North Korean men to further drive home that they're not, that they are toxic men, I guess. Right. I don't think that's their intention, but I think we both set our peace. Yeah. I mean, I have a very myopic view. That's true. I guess maybe I'll change my tune in the last episode. Maybe, but uh, I think they were just needed reasons for them to be too preoccupied to catch Seti. So that's also a factor. Fair enough. Yeah. They they needed a reason to, but they also could have just... If they had the one person watching a Korean drama, I would have been fine and just gotten rid of the other character. So you're upset that they were both emotional or both crying? They were both seen as emotional and they're also North Korean, which is negative. So they're attributing emotion to a negative. If it makes you feel better, it didn't come that way to me. Like that them being crying was a bad thing or emotional. Mm -hmm. I particularly related to the South Korean drama guy. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I was paying attention too much when the guy was reading the letter from his mom. Uh-huh. So I completely like glossed over that. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that letter was pretty emotional. Not gonna lie. So I guess it's okay that he cried, but whatever. I don't even know what the letter said. It basically said, we won't see you for 10 years, but oh. we wish all the best for you. So I knew that about the 10 years. Okay. Thing. So maybe it was also like background information for people who didn't know it. Because again, I wasn't paying attention in that particular moment. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we jump cut back to the South. Seti's mother is, or she's trying to call Seti, but then she gets a call soon after. And we get a montage, like a very short montage of the older sister-in-law and then the younger brother finding out the news about Seti. Mm-hmm. And everyone seems very excited about the prospect. Yeah. Well, at least the brothers do. They're very happy about what happened because now they have a chance to win the family fortune or run the family company, whatever. Yes. Which side note? Do you know what they do? You know what they do? Like in the company? Yeah. What does the company do? Uh, the company is called Queen. But what I does it do? Don't know what they do. I know what Seti's choice is about. I have no idea. She, her thing is fashion. But... Her, um, fashion, beauty products. Right, but what is what is Queen? Do I about? have no idea what Queen's about. <laughs> I just know that Seti started her own company, so she, 
she's her own CEO. Her family has no part in it. Or Queen has no part in it. Right, right. I kind of got that too. I think... Or I got it from the first episode. What Queen is or does is irrelevant to the drama. I feel like it shouldn't though because it's, it's, a, it's a crux of this drama. I think wanting to be the heir is a part of it, but I don't think... Like, right, but how am I supposed to know what they're being an heir to and how to... Sentence. Who would be the better anyway? I guess it doesn't matter in this first episode, but it just bothered me that they didn't specify what they're doing. It's never revealed, honestly. It's Great. never talked about. <laughs> Love it. So glad. I'm assuming because of the name Queen, it's probably similar with fashion and beauty. But again, I I can't back it up at all. It would shock me if it was because none of them were attractive people. That is true. The dad especially. I was like, yeesh. They were all like... I'm sorry to those actors and actresses, but oh my god. <laughs> Don't be sorry. Just because they're not our type doesn't mean they're not someone else's type. That's true. That is very true. Anyways, we, we jump cut to the night before with the conversation between Seti and her mother. Basically, her mother is begging her not to take the family company because Seti was planning on cutting ties with the rest of the family anyways. And it's really just karma that this is happening because I don't think her mother really wanted her gone, but Seti had that feeling that that's what the mother wanted. Or she must have said it before, I'm assuming. I think their relationship is complicated, but if the mother does want Seti, I don't think it's been voiced clear to Seti. No, no it hasn't. But that wistful look into the sky that she gives at the end basically makes me think that maybe she's rethinking her relationship with Seti. I think so too. Uh, we jump cut back to the North Korean soldiers. They're all pointing fingers at each other for the situation, but they all commiserate with the experience that they all have to deal with or else they'll get into trouble. And then they switch over companies. So instead of Company 5, it's Company 6 taking over that gate. And Company 5 has made a pact to make it their main goal to find Seti. Meanwhile, Seti continues on her trek to wherever she's going. South Korea. She, quote unquote South Korea, yeah. And then we get another cut to the younger brother and his wife. She's urging him to get the CEO position for Queen Company. Queen Group? Queen Company or Queen Group? I think it's Queen Group. Queen Group. Basically, she's like, so what happened to your friend who got the money? Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, in China is the supposed friend who screwed the younger brother mm -hmm. out of all that money. Mm -hmm. And he wants to find a place where he can't be found. And his friend is like, well, you know, there's one place that doesn't have any internet no signal, not that much electricity that you could hide in North Korea. Yeah. Stupid. Not... Also, his pants were really gross. Whose pants? The friend or the guy convincing the friend? The friend. Okay. They were like skin-tight leather checkered pants, I'm pretty sure. He was sitting down. Yes, and it was disgusting. Was it shiny? Is that how you, like, you thought it was leather? Yes. Okay. At least pleather, anyways. I'm just surprised that sale pitch worked. If someone told me, hey, you want to go to some place without any internet? I'd be like, hell no. Well, to be fair, he was trying to get off the grid. He was trying to get off the grid, but like there's so many people in the world. I feel like you could get off the grid anywhere if you're smart about it. I disagree with that. Really? Yeah. Like, I feel like if he pulled a Ron Swanson, you know, got a cabin in the woods, he'd be great. He'd be fine. Yeah, but facial recognition technology has only improved, and it's everywhere is, now. Are they in the woods? Allison. I said Ron Swanson. in the woods, even if you're in the woods, you have to go get groceries somehow. Um, not if you're Ron Swanson, where you do your he own hunting. He still went to food and stuff. 
Okay, I feel like if Ron was really committed, he just, he did all the hunting. He also went to food and stuff. Not in every hunting And he episode. also worked at a government building. To tear down the government from the inside. That doesn't stop facial recognition technology, Allison. It's only gotten stronger, is what I'm trying to say. It's everywhere. He there are seldom few places where you can find He can get that plastic technology surgery and like become be unrecognizable to his original face. Yeah, but that'll cost thousands upon thousands of dollars and also take months to, upon months of recovery. As opposed to what? Being in North Korea for the rest of your life? Because I'm guessing, however easy it is to get in, it's not easy to get out. Look, I didn't say it was a good idea. I'm just trying to say that, yeah, that's an option. It might not be the best option, but it's an option. North Korea or plastic surgery? North Korea. <laughs> I feel like plastic surgery should be an option. He would be living a lie the whole time. He would maybe have no friends, no internet, just to be left alone. I would maybe consider plastic surgery. I guess you and I are different people because I would never do plastic surgery. But if I wanted to get off the grid, you would go to North Korea. Honestly, it doesn't seem... I hate... Okay, I, I just really wouldn't want to do plastic surgery. I mean, I wouldn't either. I would preferably like to do it Ron Swanson style, but I know me. I would never make it. <sighs> Anyways, I don't care about this character. I'm sure... He, I think he's one of the, the other main characters in this he, drama. But... He is the other main character. Male lead, I guess? The other male lead. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't care. Okay. I'm looking on this... This Wikipedia page is mm -hmm. he Alberto? That is his pseudonym. His alias. That's the word. That is his alias. Okay, I like the name Alberto. Why? <laughs> Why? I think it's a nice name. No, but it's supposed to be for his British citizenship thing, and Alberto would not be a British name. It's also not a Korean name, which he looks Korean. Yeah, so. but he could be, like, his parents could be like, oh, I want to Americanize you, Britishize you. So why not Albert? That's a good question, because I do like the name Albert, too. Oh, but God. I think Alberto is just fun. You're like Yo, and she likes the name Eugene. And I, I just, I don't understand. What's you don't with... like the name Eugene? I don't. Like, what's with Koreans naming their kids Eugene, Esther, and Ruth? I don't know. Those are very pop. Okay, Esther and Ruth are, are Bible names. names. I know. Doesn't make it good. Sarah's in the Bible. Yeah, but there was a period of time where everyone named their daughter Sarah, so they changed. Cause it's Esther. in the Bible. Okay. Uh, Mary's in the Bible. No, I don't. I don't know them too many Korean Marys. Allison, here's my theory about biblical names. Okay. They will be on rotation. I think so too, cause like they'll be like. We live in the time of Esther and Daniel. Yeah. We will eventually switch to the next biblical name. What? What's your hot take? What do you think the next name is? I want it to be Paul. Ew! I like the name Paul. I would want Ezekiel over Paul. In fact, Ugh. I do like Ezekiel. Here's the thing. I don't like Ezekiel because then they'll shorten it to Zeke. Yeah, Zeke is Zeke. such a cool name. I hate it. I hate it so much. I, um, Sharpay's love interest was named Zeke. I didn't like his name. Oh my god. Also, that wasn't a real love interest. Let's be real. It wasn't. You're right, but it was hinted. It was. It wasn't hinted. It was official, but it was, was just it? not. I thought it was just like a flirtation thing that developed maybe in future series, but then died when Sharpay went on her own thing. Well, didn't they go to prom together? There was prom in the first movie. I was talking about the third movie. I didn't watch the third movie. I had taste. I knew to stop at the second. 
Let's move on. Humoru Akua, whatever song, I knew was like the line. They crossed it. They can't go back. It wasn't going to get any better from there. <sighs> Moving on with the drama. <laughs> the three grave robbers are back. It turns out that they were sent to get very specific artifacts by the captain that was criticizing Jonghyuk. And then the immediate next scene is that they get hit by a car. Yeah. And it explodes in the most CG way possible. Yeah. Well, the first like scene explosion. we were introduced was, CG- was CGI'd. I know. I didn't think the eagle was real either, but this explosion looked really bad. Okay. And they also hit a poor random Achama. Yes. <laughs> I felt so bad for her because she was just there. Yeah. Anyways, we get a scene where Company 5 is searching for Seti, uh, and we learn more about the company as well as Hyuk's convictions about doing what he thinks is the right thing. This is where it really solidifies his character and his possible growth through the series yeah. is doing the right is doing the right thing following the law or is doing the right thing following, following your, your heart. heart yeah that's this is where it solidified that's his struggle for me anyways that's what i think his struggle is going to be i think you're right when we were first introduced to seti mm-hmm. i know she wasn't a bad person but they definitely gave her you need self-improvement vibes you know Right. Like her stuck-upness, her pettiness. Okay, so her struggle is, I guess, falling in love or being in North Korea will make her a better person. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. What a horrible message to be sending. Yeah. uh, Love will make you a better person. What a horrible message. Okay, that wasn't the message I was referring to. Oh, what were you referring to? The message that being in North Korea will make you a better person. I think it's like the struggles that you face being in North Korea would make her a better person. That's almost synonymous. No, like, <laughs> I'm saying like she's going to. I know what you're trying to say. Okay. But I feel like, any, do you remember any when Descendants of the Sun life... came out? Yeah. And there was an increase in females joining the military. So you think this would be an China increase of females going to North Korea to fall in love with a North Korean soldier? Is that what you think is going to happen? You know what? I think a lot of gullible and stupid people would agree. No, they're not Americans. I'm not saying Americans. Oh, God. Um, I really don't think that's the case because they showed minefields. They they had other reasons. And, okay, watch the ending and then tell me if you still think that. Because with Descendants from the Sun, the ending was a lot more... Romantic. Romantic and positive. Like, it worked out for everybody in the military. Whereas... That's fair. I don't well, know. I'm just... I- What I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if there was an increase in the amount of people trying to go to North Korea from China. But is that even a thing now? People trying to get into North Korea through China? Well, obviously not now. But you think there's going to be um, attempts. Okay. I'm sure that if we were living in in a non-COVID world, attempts would have been made. I think, okay, they do show bad aspects of being in North Korea. North Korea is a dictatorship. But it'll be worth it for love. I I, I can't handle... Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> my point was that being in North Korea is a life-changing event. And with any life-changing events, we should all grow from it. And that was the only thing, Fine. message-wise, I was trying to say. Fine. To all our Fair. listeners, you will not find love in North Korea. Please do not try. Do not attempt this at home. I think if anyone was actively thinking about going to North Korea after listening to this podcast, they have a very... <laughs> I shouldn't be rude. You can bleep it out, but say it. No, I don't even know what I would say. Say it. 
Okay. No, I bye. don't know what I would say is what I'm trying to say. Anyways. Okay. Company five is looking out, uh, and they follow the breadcrumbs that Seti left behind. And then Seti arrives at a village, which she thinks is South Korea, but she quickly finds out that that is not the case. And she watches these villagers with like curiosity and wide-eyed amusement. In I guess it's like six in the morning or something. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's early it is, because it it's sunrise. In the morning, yeah. the sun hasn't risen, and they're doing the, their morning exercises. Yes. Also. I want to learn that sunrise exercise dance. <laughs> uh, of course you do. It looked so cool. And having a bunch of people do it with you, I was like, oh. I would dance. I would learn that choreography. I think South Koreans used to have it too. Oh, we have different things too, like morning exercises. No, I think like older Koreans are familiar with that type of regimented exercise to music kind of thing. Maybe you should find something on YouTube and learn all right because I, th- I remember i think watching a korean drama that was set like i think in the 80s or 70s and it was set in jail too and the prisoners had it like a similar thing so i think early I should, I 1900s should. korea would have that maybe i should just learn to do the dance i think you would really online. like that i think you have a lot of fun i do really like following dance instructions do you like the cupid shuffle i do I like the Cupid Shuffle. It's nice. Uh, I'm a terrible dancer. It, it is nice having instructions. Well, I remember in like middle school, remember when we had to do the rodeo or whatever, cowboy dances? I was there for the ballroom dancing. Ballroom dancing too. Oh, no, there was some line dancing. Yeah, we did line dancing. Oh, my God. Ryan, I erased that from my memory. I can't believe you made me remember that. Yeah, but I love the line dancing. Oh, God. It made me so happy. Following instructions, doing the dances. You should talk. I felt like I was getting pretty good at it. Maybe. You should talk to Ela. She does a lot of line dancing. Or you can, like, move to Texas, where that's a thing, too. I'm moving to Texas. But you could line dance. I could line dance here. You'd be line dancing alone in Texas. You could be line dancing. I would dancing. still be line dancing alone. <laughs> Ain't no way I'm going out to find line dancers. But it'd be so easy. With my social skills? Just put an ad on Craigslist. Man seeking yeah, man for line dancing. Allison, what the fuck? <laughs> I just watched Horrible Bosses and they had like Craigslist ad. It turned out to be a sex thing. What a shocker. I mean, anytime you post an anonymous ad seeking another person, it's like 50-50. It's a sex thing. Or maybe like 80-20. I feel well, like I rate... considering the people in that movie and like the people who wrote it, it's, it was going to be a sex thing. No, but like uh, it's like a trope. In other films. Oh, yeah. It's the stigma Craigslist has. Yeah. But there's like, you could have, I think there's like meetups for line dancing. So just do a meetup. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Well, okay. Can't I just force people to line dance with me? I would line dance with you if I knew how. Uh, that's what the videos are for. I'm not watching a video. Okay, if I bought a Korean line dancing instructional video, would you do Oh it my god, me? yes. Yes, I would. I don't think Korean line dancing is a thing. I would love to be a part of it. I found one. Oh my god! Goodwill. What? <laughs> if I find it again at Goodwill, I'll buy it and then we can do it. And then maybe we'll record it or something. I think we should definitely put it on our Twitter or make an Instagram just for that. If I can find it again. Okay. Because if I love like, okay, I love the jazzercise videos from like the 80s. We should jazzercise. I'm like, I'm, I would. I'm awful at it, just like my singing, but I would do it. 
Because I... I'm trying to think. I might get into jazzercise, I think. Because I need exercise. I just... I think it's just so fun. But, like, I also like bad fashion. I would want, like, the leotards and the poofy hair. And then the headband around your forehead. I would want to... I would want to be, like, dressed apart. Yeah, that stuff makes me uncomfortable. But you do you, fam. I, I have leotards. I have headbands. I just... I just need to have poofy hair. Get a wig. I'm not going to exercise in a way. Okay, moving on, moving on, moving on. We're at literally the last scene. Okay. Jung Hyuk finds Seri and pretty much saves her last minute from a truck that was going to enter the city. Or the village, sorry. There you go. And the drama ends. We get still frames of the drama, the episode that we just watched, leading up to that moment. And then we get an extended scene. An epilogue. Which, not an epilogue. I think they're called epilogues, even though it's not one. I don't really think that qualifies as an epilogue. Okay. Um, anyway, let's talk about the scene. It's an extended scene, and I really like the idea of, of this where it inserts more narrative into parts where I was like a little bit... Unclear? It wasn't unclear. It was more like, that's... I don't understand his motive, you know, oh, right so... now as to like their romance. So context? Yeah, more context. Okay. It gives more context to the scene. Mm-hmm. So it shows when Jung Hyuk finds Sari in the trees. And he basically like puts away his gun and he listens to her talk for a while. And you can tell he lets down all of his shields and he's totally enamored by this girl. Yeah. And I thought that was sweet. I really liked that scene because I was like, I don't really understand where the romance is going to come from. But since they added that scene in, I was like, okay, I understand. I get it now. He's definitely completely enamored with this girl. He, and yeah. I like that. They have the extended scene for all the episodes. Yes. Okay. And all of them add context that that scene was very cute. And I think it's because him and like so many other male leads, they come off as cold. Yeah, like the first time you meet them or something. Not even the first time you meet them. That's just like their personality. That's just their demeanor. Like it's eventually revealed that like they'll die for you. And sometimes that's true. But like it's only expressed, I think, like they, they only seem to like have like one mode of expression. And it's that. It's them being stone cold. So it's nice to see him, like, being swept off his feet. Yeah, to be... To actually smile. I don't think he smiles. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. I don't think he smiles at all in the first uh, couple scenes. Or the first scenes that he's in. But yeah, that is Crash Landing on You, episode one. Let's go into ratings out of ten. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you go first? I'm gonna rate it... A 5 out of 10. I'm taking points off because not every character was introduced. I like the drama. I like the political dynamics of Seti's family. And later on, even though it's not shown in this episode... Actually, no, I can't use that part of the ratings. (laughs) Dang it, trying to think of another reason why I liked it. Well, while you're thinking, I'll give my rating. Okay. I give this episode a 6 out of 10. Okay. More along the same reasons, I think that... I'm looking at the cast list. They left out one character, mm-hmm. and they don't really expound on Alberto at mm-hmm. all. However, most of my points, like four out of five of my points, are because of Jung Hyuk's character. Because I think I so clearly see where he is going to go throughout this drama. I know his motivations. Mm-hmm. I know that like they showed him being enamored by the girl, so I loved that scene, mm-hmm. showing him have a motivation to change. And not be so set in his ways. And I am excited to see 
where they take his character and how they transform him into being more of a partner for Seti. Okay. And my other two points come from Seti's character. Like, I'm not too fond of her. I think it's because I didn't explain her as well as they could have. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see where she's going, but I think that they could have done a lot better, considering the fact that she had the most screen time of this episode. She did have a lot. Like, I'm not so sure about... Other than her being super petty to her family, I don't know what other motivations she has. And like you said, it could be for her own advancement, for her own career, but I'm not getting that vibe from her. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I I need more from her. I I think I needed more of an explanation for who she was, and I wasn't getting that from this episode. So that's why I'm rating it so low. Okay. I'm going to give more points because what I realized, even though I don't like Seti all the time, I really liked how they wrote her because for once she's the rich heiress instead of the guy being rich you know like i do i do like that change i do like twist or female empowerment that they did with that so that gives it a couple more points yeah five five out of ten that's me all right well do you, do you have any other lingering thoughts i, I think pretty much said need everything you I to, to listen to the opening title song i need your okay. opinion i will listen to it one more time before before the end of the drama. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it next episode. That's unacceptable. Listen to it now. Are you serious? I'm serious. Okay. I'll listen to it right now. Give me one second. I really like it. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let me... Yeah, I I really like it. I think it's cute. I think it was just so jarring for me because I didn't know what was going on because the English didn't even sound like English when I was hearing it. And the fact that this is... Written by a Korean person who's writing in two different languages, like English and Romich. I'm all like, why is this important? Why is this the first thing we hear? Why is this the opening title song? Like, it makes sense later on once you have more context. But, like, it takes so long to get that context. Yeah, but I think that's that's good. I like that concept. I do, too. Understanding more of why it is the way it is. I do like that concept. I just think the song was chaotic, be switching between two languages and having the writer be Korean. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I I think I just really like it. Okay. I know that's probably not what you were hoping. It wasn't, but we're all entitled to our erroneous opinions. (laughs) All right. My last thought on this drama is how can she possibly own a fashion company when that jumpsuit was so unfashionable. It was disgusting. And also the clothes underneath of her jumpsuit was also not the most flattering outfit. And why was she trying to wear a flattering outfit underneath that jumpsuit? I kind of got mad when she took off the jumpsuit because I'm all like, if you're here by nightfall, you're going to be freezing your butt off because I'm assuming that the paragliding outfit is a good insulator because it keeps you warm while you're like up in the sky and cold high altitudes. So the fact that she only took it off because it ripped, I'm all like, that's a very, very bad move, survivally speaking. I think I was just more bothered that it looked gross and disgusting. I don't think a paragliding outfit is cute. She owns a fashion company. I assumed that maybe she was trying to make a fashionable paragliding outfit. Uh, Maybe the designing production team had like very little to work with because... The Chaebol family and then like the rich 1% of North Korea, I think they were focused more on their budget and their wardrobe because 
So you mentioned Dan as one of the characters that's not introduced. Her jewelry is like kind of on point and expensive. So I can only guess what it is like for everyone else in this drama. Fair enough. But purple's cute. Why are you silent? That was crash landing on you. Is it because I don't look good in that pale lavender? You're right. I wouldn't. But purple's cute. Did I say that? I didn't say that. Your silence was way too long. (laughs) <laughs> there you go again <laughs> anyways that was crash landing on you we'll be back next week for episode is there 16, 16. episodes oh, god that's the average ryan Si episode 16 that's two hours long Are you f- i am for real fucking hell okay we're gonna have to rush through <laughs> the plot points of that episode there's a lot going on in that uh, last episode because it's two hours long. And you won't understand any of it. I guess that leaves more for me to speculate. Honestly. Is it going to be really hard? It's really, really well, hard. Then I can't wait for the challenge. I better take very good notes. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Don't Meet Me in the Middle. We want to thank Yon Onion Park for the cover art for this podcast. You can find her at cat.on.bread on Instagram. You can find us at Don't Meet Me One on Twitter. Or you can email us at dnt.m.m.m at gmail.com. <laughs> See you next Bye, week. Everyone. Bye.